Good morning, Bride of Christ. That, uh, I'm going to start doing that. That's, uh, so welcome. Come on in. Grab a seat. Uh, turn off your electronics or turn them down so that it doesn't interrupt services. Um, so we've been talking about going deeper with God. And uh, a couple weeks ago in worship, uh, I just saw a vision of, of a runner running with everything that he's got. And he's got endurance, so he's running, uh, keep, kept on running, kept on running. And then he was being pursued. <laughs> and the person that was pursuing him caught him like he was standing still. And uh, for those of you that have ever been in track, when somebody catches you like that, it's very humbling. And you kind of just go, you're good. You are, you are really good. But the interesting thing was, is he caught him like he was standing still, but then he said, let's run together. I'm like, okay. And then a song from when I was a little kid came to mind. <laughs> Bear with me, I'm going to sing. I will rejoice. And you and be glad, I will extol your love more than wine. Draw me after you and let us run together. I will rejoice in you and be glad. And I'm like, okay, where is that in the Bible? I, I mean, I knew that it's in the Bible. But I'm like, where is that? And so I, I was looking at it, looking up this, since that happened. And it's in Song of Solomon, Song of Songs, in the first chapter. And it says, I'm going to read it out of the message version. It says, kiss me, full in the mouth, yes, for your love is better than wine, heavier than ar 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 aromatic oils. The syllables of your name murmur like a metal brook. No wonder everyone loves to say your name. Take me away with you, let's run off together. An elopement with my king lover. We'll celebrate, we'll sing, we'll make music. Great music, yes, for your love is better than a vintage wine. Everyone loves you, of course. And then I got thinking, it's like, all right, Lord. And to realize that it's the man's job to pursue. It's the woman's job to be receptive of that, of that pursuit. And so to get deeper with God, it's like, it's like he's the one that's chasing us. We just have to be receptive. Now the interesting thing that I think about this is that men, men hate to be pursued. Because usually when a man's being pursued, he did something wrong. And he's gonna run and he's gonna, he's gonna keep running to try to get away. But God said, I am relentless. I am relentless in my pursuit of you. You cannot, you cannot outrun him. Once he has your name on his list, he is never, ever, 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 ever going to give up on that chase. Ever. So any of your loved ones, male or female, it's just, just tell them to just turn. 
just turn to him and open up your arms and let him let him in because he he, he is not going to give up he is not going to give up and that's just the beautiful thing about him and he it's especially as guys and that's what the going back to the vision that i saw was a, it's not really submitting to him and being like oh i'm i'm, I'm worthless now he wants to run with you and when he runs with you he actually makes your life better he makes you excel at everything so it's not like oh i'm worthless not no when he chases you and catches up to you and he runs with you in life you actually excel at everything that you do because he wants to see his children blessed so church let's rise and pray father i thank you that uh that's not just individually, but corporately, Father. You are chasing after your bride. We need to be worthy of that calling by just getting our hearts right for you so that when you do chase after us, we're worthy of that. And we just turn to you and say, man, you're one handsome fellow. Thank you for just uh, chasing after us. It's an honor to be have your name and so, Father, we just thank you that you just love us and adore us. You want the best for us. And we just welcome people into the kingdom so that they can run with you. In Jesus' name, amen. His body was broken for us. His blood was shed for us. And he said, as often as we do this, we should do this in remembrance of him. Can I have the ushers come forward, please? We're going to receive communion. We usually do the first weekend of the month and we do it a, on a regular basis that we, we just, you know, continue to celebrate, but it's not a ritual. It's a, it's a remembrance. It's truly a remembrance. And the Bible says that, that if you're a part of the family of God, if you're part of the family, if you're part of his family, then you're welcome to, to partake of, the, of this meal, of this remembrance. You don't have to be a member of this church. You don't have to be a regular attender. You don't have to ace the test, whatever test that may be. You just need to be a member of the family of God. And if, you're, if you are that, you're more than welcome. I'll take care of it. We're family, amen? amen? Family's family. I love it. So what we're going to do is we're going to, I'm going to have you come up and, and uh, receive, pick, grab, you know, pick up, grab the elements. Wow. <laughs> Partake. Bring, take the elements. I don't know. I can't, now I can't get past. Receive the elements. Thank you. Take them back to your seat. Wait for it. Then we'll we'll try. I'll try to pull it together while we're doing that, and then we'll we'll go we'll go from there. But this is what we're going to do. Um, last month, what I had to, had the congregation do was to just join with some other folks around them and and uh, pray and, and pray for one another and receive communion together. I want to do that again. It just that was on my heart to to do this as as the body and to share with one another so you can get together with somebody that you know maybe hopefully somebody you don't know and just gather together if you see somebody standing by themselves go pull them in and here's what i'm going to ask i'm going to ask for the uh 
for Gwen to just continue to play and everybody else, all the worship team can, because Jamie never gets to receive communion with her husband, you know, she should. And I never get to receive communion with my wife. So I should. So I'm going to just have Gwen and, and Larry's already working. So, you know, I, <laughs> so why don't we just stand, find somebody, find somebody to receive communion with and just pray for them. Introduce yourself if you don't know them. And then we'll just receive the communion as you're led. Thank you. Thank you to Gwen. Praise the Lord. Well, here's what we're going to do. Uh, I was gone last week, as you noticed. Pastor Greg did a phenomenal job. Was everybody agree? And, uh, and people always ask me, why doesn't he preach more? And I say, because I, I can never nail him down on a date. He's always, he, he tried to talk him out of, out of last week. I'm glad he didn't. Amen. But he, uh, he did a phenomenal job. I was gone. Thank you. Remember uh, two Sundays ago, I talked about you know, following God and doing whatever he told me to do. And that, you know, I, I didn't, I don't get to live in the South and be warm, but that's where I was last week. Deb and I were down there and uh, enjoying the uh, warmth and the sun. It was 85 and up here it was like 83, right? <laughs> so we didn't, you didn't have to suffer too much and we got to be blessed and it was, it was wonderful. Turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 2, beginning with verse Nine, please. We've been there for a number of weeks. We took last week off. You probably needed a break. But 1 Corinthians chapter 2, and as Paul said this morning during the opening, we've been talking about going deeper with God, going, going into the depths with God. He had, there's an invitation by him to, to go deeper this year uh, with him, and we just need to know how to do that. How do we do that? How do we get there? We've been starting out with 1 Corinthians 2, verse 9 now for uh, the last few times. And it says this, But as it is written, no eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor the heart of man imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. These things God has revealed to us through the Spirit. For the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. There are depths of God. There are things that, that are not on the surface. There are things in, the, 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 in, in life in Jesus that are not evident to everyone. I have, a, I have a saying about ministry. I say, if it was easy, everybody would be doing it. The same thing with even walking with God. If it was, if it was simple, if it was, I mean, it is simple. Be, becoming a part of the family is, is about uh, uh, dedication, and it's about uh, uh, dedicating your life to him, repenting of your sin, receiving what he did on the cross. But from there, it costs you. It costs him everything to get you in, and now it's going to cost you to go deeper with him. And there's more. There's more. If you've been a Christian for, for five years, you know there's more than what you knew about when you first started. If you've been a Christian for 50 years, you know there's a lot more. At least you should. If you, did, if you still think, oh, I'm still in the same place I was 50 years ago. Wow. That's a problem. That is a problem. But that is, that's all right. It, it, it can change today. It can change right now. This is not a slap on the wrist. This is a, wow, hey, wanted to clue you in on a, on a great secret. There's more. There's more. There's more of him. 
And, and we'll never get enough. We'll never, uh, uh, never run out of room. So we've been talking about that. We've been talking about what are the depths of God. And he says here that in these verses that everything he has prepared for those who love him. And we can't even imagine what that is. So how do we find out? Well, we started talking about the first thing we need to do is decide to turn aside. Decide to turn aside. Decide to go, you know what? Okay, today I'm going to start. It's kind of like the, the daily readings, daily Bible readings, reading through the Bible in a year sort of thing. Uh, this last week I was on vacation. I'm just like everybody else. Well, maybe not everybody else, but I'm like a lot of people. I'm on vacation and things get busy. All of a sudden I realized I was four days behind. Four days behind. And I'm like, oh my goodness, what am I going to do? Do I just quit? Might as well just quit. Might as well just give up. Why even try? No. You start in back, you start back in again. And when you catch up, you catch up. I caught up. It was, you know, it didn't take that long. Same thing with, the, with, with going into the deeper things of God. Okay, so we've missed it. So there are times when we miss it. Don't worry about it. Quit looking behind. Quit looking how you've missed it. Stop it. It's, it, it's, it, doesn't, it doesn't help at all. What we need to do is look forward and, and, and move towards him. And as we move towards him, he'll take you right where you need to be. And, and, and what's amazing is when you actually get serious about it, it can happen very quickly. I still remember as I, when I came back to the Lord back in uh, 1986. 1986. Yes, there were cars in 1986. Just, you know, in case, in case you were wondering. There was a lot of things. Planes and no computers. Uh, phones. There was, phones had tails. Phones had tails. They were attached to the wall. But in 1986, I came back to the Lord. I, I had been running away from God for, for a number of years. And then I just, I was like, I'm in. I'm in. I, I, I'm not going to mess around anymore. I want to just seek him. I, Lord, I want you. You know my heart. And I began to seek him. And within a few months, somebody said to me, they said, wow, you are you're like growing in the Lord really fast. Well, yeah, because he'll bring you back to where you need to be. Even if it is 50 years, who cares? You haven't, you didn't, so, so you're here today. Remember the, uh, with the, uh, the uh, parable, the parable about how the, the owner hired people in the morning. He says, I'll give you one denarius. And, and then he hired somebody else at 10 and somebody else at noon and somebody right at the end of the day. And they all got the same reward. It isn't about that you, you have to be in for 50 years. You start where you're at. Start today, and you get the same reward. Praise God. Praise God. So forget what lies behind, and then press on. Press on to the higher calling. Keep moving in. Keep moving in. And then last time I spoke, we talked about follow. Talked about following him. Uh, we talked about three parts of the, of the swimming pool. So the shallow end, which is the seeker, attender, convert, follower. We might have that, uh, that, I don't know if you see that on your screen, maybe not. The middle, the middle of the pool is regular attender, participator, and supporter, but the deep end is disciple. And that's the main, that's what we're going to focus on here for a number of weeks is, is what does it mean to be a disciple, a disciple, discipler, and multiplier. We need to purposely move forward toward the deep end, wherever you find yourself. If you're out of the pool today, you can get saved today and then start moving deeper in the pool. And you don't have to spend any certain amount in the shallow end. 
My goodness, don't, don't waste time. Keep going deep. Go as deep as he'll take you, as quickly as he'll take you. We keep moving forward. So here's the big question. How do we follow him? In Matthew 4, 19, he said, Jesus said, follow me to some, some men who are fishing, and I will make you fishers of men. Immediately, they left their nets and followed him. And going on from there, he saw two brothers, James and John, sons of Zebedee, and in the boat with Zebedee, their father, mending their nets, and he called them. Immediately, they left the boat. And their father followed him. These were the early disciples. These were the ones that he called. And what did they have to do? They had to follow. They had to, they had to go in the same direction. You know, if, if I said, the last time I said, uh, you know, Abi, I said, follow me. And I started walking across the room and he followed me. He didn't head off in that direction. Disciples don't go in their own direction. They follow whoever is the leader, whoever they're, they're being discipled by. And uh, I, I didn't give them the, a heads up, but uh, right after that sermon, I was talking to Susanna, and she was talking about a, something that, that she and Buddy have been studying about what is a disciple. H how, what does a disciple do? Can you guys share that real quick? No, from, from up here. <laughs> that would be nice, wouldn't it? See, and and I, like I said, I gave them absolutely no, no uh, heads up whatsoever, but He's ready in season. So, so when a rabbi said to follow me, what he was saying was, I want you to follow me and know what I know and do what I do for the reasons that I do them so that you can be just like me. It's like a human Xerox machine, but from a spiritual standpoint. And those were the rabbis, of that, there were all kinds of rabbis at that time. So all the rabbis, were, so when Jesus called his disciples, he was acting as a rabbi. Mm -hmm. the rabbi just means teacher, that's Hebrew for teacher. And he said, follow me, watch what I'm doing, know what I'm doing, understand why I'm doing it, so you can be just like me. Amen. Thank you. And that's the deal. You're, they're, you're, the disciples were not making up their own idea, their own plan. They were following Jesus. And where he led them, he, they didn't know from day to day where they were going to be, what they were going to be doing, how they were going to be doing it. But as they followed him, he led them into understanding. He led them into relationship. He led them into miracles. He led them into power. He led them into a whole bunch of things. If he would have told them everything at the beginning, they wouldn't have been, they wouldn't have been able to understand it. But it was the day-to-day -day moving forward, following Jesus. Wherever Jesus went, they followed. Whatever he did, they helped. And early on, they just helped. They organized. They, 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 they were crowd control. Remember there was the, with the crowd control, hey, Jesus, don't, you know, these people keep trying to bother you. Send them away. Remember these kids. Hey, these kids are a problem over here. Send them away. Crowd control. They thought they were there for crowd control. Jesus says, oh, bring them here. Bring me the lepers. Bring me the kids. Bring me the, bring me the, the people that, 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 that are unworthy. And he made them worthy. They got to see Jesus live out the plan for the kingdom of God day in and day out. But they had to follow him. If they chose to go in a different direction, they'd have missed it. Think about this for just a moment. Were there people that Jesus called that didn't follow him? Of course there was. 
and they missed it. We don't know their names. We don't know anything about them. Because they, they, they didn't follow. They didn't go where he, where he went. They didn't do what he did. They didn't do it for the reasons that he did it. You know, and that's the other beautiful thing about what, what, they, what he just shared is that why did Jesus do what he did? He was teaching that as much as anything else. Yes, he, he was healing the sick. He was, he was uh, forgiving sins. He was, he was teaching. He was doing all those things. But why did he do them? And he was always talking about why. And, and the thing he had against the, the, the uh, Pharisees and the Sadducees is they, they were doing the religious stuff, but they were doing it for the wrong reason. They weren't doing it out of relationship. They weren't doing it out of love. They were doing it because the book said, do this today and do that tomorrow. So how do we follow him? Turn with me to Second Peter. That was all set up. That was all reminder. That was all catching anyone up that hasn't been following. 2 Peter chapter 1, beginning with verse 3. I love these verses. These are some of my favorite verses in the Bible. 1 and 2 Peter are powerful. 2 Peter chapter 1, beginning with verse 3, says, His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence, by which he has granted to us the precious and very great promises, so that through them you might become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desire. He's giving us everything we've, that we need for life and godliness. He has given you everything you need. There isn't anything that's, that you're lacking. If you feel like you're lacking, then you don't know what he's given you. If you feel like you're short on something, then, then it's because of the knowledge, the lack of knowledge of him. The more you know him, the more you know what he's done, the more you know the word, the more you realize... He's given me everything. And I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. He's done it all. Now, those aren't the verses that I'm going to highlight. These are. Verse 5. For this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue. And virtue with knowledge. And knowledge with self-control and self-control with steadfastness, and steadfastness with godliness, and godliness with brotherly affection, and brotherly affection with love. For it, if these qualities are yours and are increasing, they keep you from being ineffective or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. How do we get more knowledge? We grow in these areas. I'm going to actually take these and I'm going to give you the definition, the biblical definition of each one, talk about it in depth, because how do we follow Jesus? We grow in this. We grow in these areas systematically. Verse 9, For whoever lacks these qualities is so nearsighted that he is blind, having forgotten that he was cleansed from his former sins, Therefore, brothers, be all the more diligent to confirm your calling and election. 
For if you practice these qualities, you will never fail. You will never fall. You will never... Think about that. Is it possible to never fall short, never fail, never not reach who God's called you to be? No. He's given us a clear path to follow. He's given us a clear way to to get to him. Now, is that way easy? No. That's why we need the Holy Spirit. That's why we need the Holy Spirit. That's why we need the Bible. That's why we need preachers. That's why we need Sunday school. That's why we need adult school. That's why we need the fellowship of the believers. That's why we need a whole bunch of stuff. Because if you think that's going to be easy, you haven't tried yet. But here's the thing, it's not impossible. He wouldn't put that in here. He wouldn't have given us this invitation to go deeper with him, to go into a deeper relationship with him, if it wasn't possible. If, it's, if, it, was, if it was not possible to do these things, then, he, then it would just be cruel for him to say it and say, you know, if you do these things, you'll never fall, but <laughs> you'll never do it. That's not what he's saying. What he's saying is, Here's the path. Follow me. Follow him. You can't go do it on your own. You can't build on these things in your own ability, your own strength, because whatever you do will fall. You can only do it by following him and allowing him to lead you into that building. All right. Here we go. Faith. What is faith? What is faith? I spent a whole bunch of weeks talking about faith a number of months ago, and faith, a real easy, simple uh, uh, definition of faith is I believe God. I believe God. I believe God. If, if, if God said that he will save me if I repent of my sin and declare him as Lord and allow him to be Lord of my life, and I believe that, that's faith. And I live my life following that. I live my life that way. That's how we, that's how we live by faith is we believe it and then do it. If I believe that the Bible says that, uh, by, uh, that he's given us everything we need for life and godliness, and that includes all of the virtues and all the, all the abilities and everything else, but it also includes our daily needs, our wants, our, the, things that, the things that we need to live, our, our home, our, our car. If, if he said that, that, that we'll, we will lack nothing, I have to believe that to walk in it. I can't just know it's in there. And apparently a lot of the church knows it's in there, but they don't believe it. You have to believe that God is a rewarder of those who who diligently seek him. And as he rewards you, you're going to have everything you need. I lack nothing. I lack nothing. There's nothing that I lack. Now, are there days when I go, huh, I could use X, Y, what is Z, you know, whatever that. Yeah, of course there is. But then when I apply, when I believe him and I say, okay, Lord, I, 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 I need this. You know I need this. You know I, I He even gives me my wants. I can go through, I mean, I wanted to go somewhere warm. Hallelujah. <laughs> and he provided 77 round, $77 round trip tickets. That is the blessing of God. 
I mean, it is such a, a, an answer to prayer, you would actually be in sin not to go. <laughs> he, he, he gives us our wants. I mean, I could go through my list of wants, but I don't want to make you feel jealous. I mean, things I've wanted in the past that God's given me. You know, real, this, one, this, one, this, this, is a, this is a really wild one. This is crazy. This is, this is a nuts one. I've used this, so anybody who's heard it, you can just, you know, take a nap. But years ago, I used to do a lot of hunting up in northern Minnesota, and, and I actually got lost once, got turned around. It's amazing how you can be 15 feet into the brush, and then all of a sudden, you don't know where you're at. And I, I thought, I need to have a, comfort, a compass. I need a, I need a really good compass. So I researched a really good compass. And when I found out, this was back when the kids were young and everything else and money was, you know, I needed more than I had. This compass was like $150 to $200. I didn't have that. It wasn't just going to go out and buy it. So I kind of just went, well, whatever. And I said, okay, Lord, I would love to have that compass. That just, I don't, you know, I don't know how that's going to work. Someday, that'd be, that's, I, I like that. That's the compass I want, I like. A few weeks later, I'm setting up signs for a meeting up in uh, north of Stillwater, and I thought, oh, right, that, that corner right there would be a good place for a sign. And I went over, and I, I, I was banging the sign into the ground for that, because the, the place we were going to have the meeting was, was to the left. And I'm banging it in, and all of a sudden, something caught my eye out of the corner of my eye. And I, I looked over, and I walked over to the post where the guardrail was, and on top of the post was laying that compass. <laughs> Now, I'm not just saying a compass. That compass was laying on there. Now, it was used. It works. Still works today. It was, it was, it's one of those that had the flip up with the mirror, and it had the, ooh, I know. Yeah, those of you who know. Ooh. That compass. How does that happen? I don't know other than, Lord, you know what I need. You know what my heart is. You know what my wants are. I could tell you story after story after story after story like that. God, want, but I have to believe that he'll do it. That's faith. All right, that was much longer than I planned on doing it. Second word. So we're supposed to add to our faith virtue. We're supposed to supplement our faith with virtue. What is virtue? Now, I actually literally had to go look it up because, I mean, I had a pretty good idea, but this is the actual biblical definition. Virtue is moral goodness, moral excellence, modesty and purity, moral good. You just got to be nice. How, how hard is it to follow Jesus? How hard is it to follow God? How hard is it, is it to go deeper in him? Well, first of all, I got to believe God. And then I got to be a good person. I just got to be nice. Now, I don't have to be a good person to earn salvation. Because you can't do that. That only comes, the only way we get into heaven is, is, is through the blood of Jesus. But he does care how you treat people. He cares how I treat people. And there are times, there have been times in my life where I was not a nice person. Even as a Christian. In studying this out this week, I got a little convicted at one point because I thought of some, some, somebody who I wasn't really nice to. 
And I had to repent first to God. And if he brings that person across my path, I'll repent to them. But we need to be modest. We need to, be, we, we need to have, just, just be a good person. When I, can I be a good, Debbie, can I be a good person? It's only with God's help. It's only with the help of the Holy Spirit. That's the only way we can be good. Jesus even said, they, they called him a good, good teacher, and he said, who are you calling good? Nobody's good except God. Now, was he good? Yes. But he was making a point. He was making a point. The only, person, the only way you can be good is with his help. Amen? Then, add to your, your, add to your virtue, knowledge. Knowledge. Knowledge of what? Knowledge of YouTube? Knowledge of Facebook? <laughs> knowledge of Jesus? How do we, knowledge of the word? How do we, so, so in this process, we, we're supposed to believe God, and then we're supposed to, okay, I'm going to be a good person, I'm going to be nice. I'm not going to be a jerk anymore. I'm not going to be annoying anymore. I'm going to try to be nice. But then with that, I need to add knowledge. How do we add knowledge? The Word, study, teachings, listening, listening to stuff on, on YouTube. We can listen. There's, YouTube's not a bad thing. just depends on what you're listening to, what you're watching. Teachings. TV, there's all kinds of good stuff on, on satellite. Is satellite? Satellite's still a thing, right? <laughs> I have internet. Internet TV. Knowledge of Jesus. Knowledge of God. Knowledge. How do we do that? <gasps> I have a great idea. Why don't we read through the Bible? Why don't you read through the Bible? Because my knowledge of God can only help you about, about 30 minutes once a week. And no, I'm not going to take phone calls. Pastor, what does this mean? <laughs> Text. Hey, I'm in a situation. I need to have a verse that means this. So I'll say, well, good luck. Good luck. I, mean, I could give you a verse, but it's not, that what verse then isn't going to do you any good. You need to have that knowledge in you already and coming out, flowing out of you in that moment. Now, how do you do that? You just start, start where you're at. Do you know that God has, he knows exactly what you're going to need on Tuesday. He knows, he knows the passage of scripture that you're going to need on Tuesday. And so today, if you decide for the first time ever, I'm going to go deeper with God. I want to gain knowledge. I, I, Lord, I, I believe you. I trust you. And, I, and I'm, I'm, going to, I'm going to work with this whole virtue thing. I'm, I, help me to be nicer. But Lord, I need knowledge. I, don't need, I can't get all the knowledge in the world by Tuesday, but he knows the verse you need. He knows the, the understanding you need for Tuesday. Trust him that if you say, okay, Lord, I'm ready. Where, where do you want me to start reading? He'll take you to the very verse. He'll take you right there. He'll, he'll show you that ahead of time. He'll show it to you in the middle of it. That's happened to me so many times. Where I'll be reading, I'll be reading something and go, oh, and then and the, two, three days later, it's like, whoa, that was that verse. That's what that passage of scripture was talking about. That's what that revelation was talking about. But we grow in the knowledge. Start where you're at. Start today. If you have not, if you have not started the one year, read through the Bible in one year, start on today's date. 
Don't try to catch up. You're what, 36 days, 35 days, 35 days behind already. Don't try, 34? You must, you, you've read at least one then. Good, good. No, I'm just kidding. I'm teasing. I don't know you enough yet, really good enough to tease you yet, but okay, sorry. But yeah, start where you're at. Start today. Start today. Start the new year reading today. Then you'll just go a month and a part going into the next year. Don't worry about it. But gain knowledge. Gain knowledge. Come to Wednesday night classes. Come to Bible studies. Come. Why do we do this stuff? It isn't just because we're bored. I'm not bored. But I still need to grow. While we were on vacation, we had an opportunity to go to a series of meetings. It was wonderful, pastor's meetings that were scheduled while we were down there. Wow, we were half-hour drive. We were able to go to them. I'm glad we did. We, I learned some things down there. I learned, I learned, I learned stuff that I, I didn't know before. And the, the person who was ministering gave us a word that encouraged us. So praise God. We need to continually be growing, continue. I, don't, I, 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 I won't ever come to a day where I go, ah, I got it. And neither will you. Add to your faith virtue. Your, add to your virtue the knowledge of Christ. Then, here's the tough one. Everybody hold on, grab a hold hands with your, with your neighbor. Big, deep breath. Add to your knowledge self-control. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I looked that up. I looked that up. And I was immediately convicted. Self-control. One who masters his desires and passions. Who masters. I, I am so sorry. I, I, have already, I have already repented to my wife. I repent. I ate way too much last week. But I saw, they have the best key lime pie. Yeah, yeah. Publix. Anybody who ever been to, oh yeah, Publix key lime pie. Oh my goodness. And if one piece is good, two pieces are better. Oh, Hallelujah. But you know what? We're supposed to master those passions, whatever it is. We, things are not supposed to rule us. I, I was, we, Deb and I were talking because I'm, I'm, I'm counting calories again. I have to. I have to. I, I'm count, and I said, I, she, I said well, here's my problem areas. One of my problem areas is pizza. I will, if, I, if, if pizza is on the table and is still a piece of pizza on the table, it's mine. I will, even if everybody else is full and I'm full, I want that piece of pizza. That's horrible. We need to master our passions. We need to master those things that are trying that are mastering us. You know, I Oh. I don't even want to What what is the word when you when you don't eat? Fasting. You, you can tell. You can tell. It doesn't just roll off my tongue. I 
I heard a joke one time, you know, because we got on the plane twice, and one's on the way down, once, and I, I get on the plane, and I start walking down the aisle, everybody goes, <laughs> everybody, everybody with an open seat next to them immediately starts going, no, 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 no. You can hear them. They think some of them are praying in tongues. Oh, Lord, help me. But I heard this joke with this guy. He said he, his, his seat was in the middle between two, two, two men who had, it had you know, su- successfully defeated the, the spirit of anorexia. You know, he's just... But we got to put those we got to put those passions and those desires in their rightful place and say I love key lime pie. But you know what? Half a piece. <laughs> Cringe. Perish the thought. But you know what? Those those things should not rule me. Those things should not rule us and if if we want to go deeper with God, we can't let things rule us. Because when things rule us, other things will then try to rule us. And all of a sudden, you find yourself so far away from the depths. Add to your faith virtue, and your virtue add knowledge. To your knowledge add self-control. Then, on the, to your self-control add steadfastness, steadfastness which is constancy, endurance, even the greatest trials and sufferings. Let me read that again. Constancy, an endurance, even in the greatest trials and sufferings. You have to build, at some point, you have to develop, God has to develop in you a a tenacity that says, I will not fall. I will not fail. I will not quit. It doesn't matter what anything else happens. It doesn't matter what it looks like. It doesn't matter what it feels like. You just, you have to literally be that dog with a bone where you go, no, I am going to go deeper with God. I'm going to have a a deeper relationship with him. I'm going to know him more. I'm going to go deeper with him. I'm I'm going to succeed in this life because he wants me to. I want to glorify him with my life and I will not give up. I will not stop. A tenacity where it doesn't matter what comes against you, you will not quit. Here's the deal. To get in the really hard parts of life, you need him to help you do that. Every step of this, it's him. Every step, he needs to to hold you, to pick you up, to carry you. Because there are days when you want to quit. I get that. There's days I want to quit. Not quit the ministry, not quit. But there's just days where you just go, "Ah, what's the use? Now, they don't happen very often anymore because I've kind of, I've grown in this area. There's some things God's taught me. I I look at impossible things and go, let's go. (laughs) Let's do this. Let's get this done. Steadfastness. We're going to talk about these in, in more depth. I'm just giving you the, The quick reference. Add to your steadfastness, godliness, reverence and respect towards God. Do you know, do you see all the other steps that happened before we got to that one? We have to believe God. But then, you know, he works on our, on our, on us through virtue. 
and then we grow in our knowledge of Christ, and then, then he starts to deal with the things in our life that we need to have mastery over, and then we reach steadfastness, which is, I'm not going to give up, and then he starts talking about godliness. Isn't that interesting? You'd think that'd be first. Wouldn't, that, wouldn't you put that first on the list? I mean, I personally would. How do, I, how do I walk deeper with him? Oh, be more like him. Be more godly. Well, you, can't, you don't understand what that means until you started dealing with some of the stuff in your own life that needs to be dealt with. Until so you realize what needs to be rooted out, what, what desires, what, what passions, what, what meanness to people. You start dealing with that and you're going, oh my gosh, I'm as far from God as possible. But then the more you know about Jesus, the more you know about the kingdom, the more you know about him, the more you can go, okay, I just want to be like you. And we start working on being more Christ-like, more God-like. Then from there, we run into the two hardest ones on the whole list. Brotherly affection. Add to your steadfastness, godliness, Add to your godliness brotherly affection. Everything else that we've talked to up until this point was this. Between us and him. Dealing with my life, dealing with my habits, dealing with my my issues, dealing with my stuff. And once we've reached the point of where we're actually going, okay, now, now, now he's dealing with me being more like him, immediately it switches in, Lord, help me have relationships here. The deep things of God. If you want to know what the deep things of God are, it's about how you relate to other people. God loves you. He understands you. But his whole heart is to reach those that are around you. His heart is to touch the world with your life. And brotherly kindness, being, getting along with the body of Christ. That's why church splits are so horrible. That's why arguments within the body, my ministry is more important than your ministry, is so horrible. That's why anytime there's something you have against a brother, Jesus said, Put, leave, your, leave your gift at the altar. And go sort it out first. That's more important than sacrifice. Get your, get your relationship sorted out before you come and worship me, he says. That's just crazy. And that's where, that's where we need him more than ever. Because some of the hardest things you'll ever go through in life is right here. Now, this church is perfect. You're all amazing. I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to the other churches that hear this. Other Christians. You just, just say amen and we'll, you know, we'll just power through it. But you know what I'm talking about, don't you? The reality is being able to, to have really, you want to go deeper with God? Sort it out with your brother and sister first. Uh, I don't know if I want to sign up for this. That's why you need to count the cost. 
He's given us everything we need. He's given us everything to be able to make it. He's given us everything to do it. How important is your relationship with God that your pride is going to get in the way? And then the worst one of all, add to your brotherly affection, love. I was listening to a teaching recently by a gentleman by the name of Bob Yandian, if you've ever heard that, heard his name, Bob Yandian. And he was in a conversation with a bunch of Bible teachers. And one of the Bible teachers said, oh, no, he says, the most important thing in all of Christianity is faith. Faith is the epitome of, of our walk with God, believing God. And if you've ever heard Bob speak, he goes, nah, I don't think so. The guy goes, what do you mean? And he goes, he took him to these verses. He says, add to your faith. Faith is the foundation. It's the beginning point. He says the epitome of, of the kingdom of God is love. He goes, that, the, most, the deepest thing that you'll ever find, the, the thing that God shows you, in the depths of God, as, you're, as you follow him, as you're, you're dedicating your life to going in this direction and following him, the thing that, that you need to know that at the end of this all, it's going to be love. Love one another. Love one another. Not, that doesn't mean love, oh, give me a guy, give me a big huggy. <laughs> what it means is when somebody hurts you, you love them anyway. And you forgive them anyway. And you give them another chance anyway. You love them the way God loves you. I am absolutely, the deeper I go with God, the thing that I am the most blown away with is how much he loves me. He loves me. I mean, no, like he really loves me. And you can say the same thing. And if, you, if, you, if you're sitting there going, well, I don't know if he loves me, you're not deep enough yet. Because I get to the point where I'm just like, I cannot, I'm just absolutely blown away at how much he loves me. And then he shows me even more how much he loves me. I, just, I don't know where it ends. <laughs> I don't. And one last thought. Because I would be amiss to not receive the offering this morning. 1 Corinthians 13, the love chapter. 1 Corinthians 13, verse 1 says, If I speak in the tongues of men and angels, but have not love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. Verse 2, And if I have a prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and I have all faith as to remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. You can have all this stuff. We can have all the knowledge. We can have all the power. You can see the dead raised. You can see. But if you don't love, if we don't walk in love, you're wasting your time. I'm wasting my time. And then this verse is thrown in there, in this same description. Verse 3, if I give away everything, all that I have, and if I deliver my body to be burned, but have not love, I gain nothing. And that word gain, if it, in the original Greek, is profit. You can give money every Sunday. 
You can give money to every ministry. You can give a tithe. You can give a first fruit. You can give, 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 give. But if it is not based in love, there's no gain. It has to be out of a love of God, a love of his, his life that he's given you, out of a love for the kingdom of God, for the people of God. When it's based in that, the prophet is extra, over the top, beyond anything you could ever hope, think, or ask. Just watch. Amen? Many ways to give. Box in the back. That's that box right over there. You can drop it in. There's envelopes back there. You can give online. You can give it to Pastor Greg on a Tuesday morning, Wednesday morning, Thursday morning. You can mail it in. You can do all those things. However you want to give as the Lord leads you. No pressure, no, no twisting of arms. Let's stand, please. Father, we thank you, Lord, that as we see this, as we, as we walk in this, we know, Lord, that it's just, it takes more and more and more of you. We need more of you, Father. We need more of all of these things in ever-increasing measure. Help us, Father. I pray that each and every one who's heard this today walks away with hope, with joy, that it's possible, with an understanding, at least the beginning understanding of how to start. And Lord, I also pray for the, the strength along the way for each and every one as they follow you this week, that they'll follow you into the depths, the deep things that you have for us. In Jesus' name, amen.